0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day 1s with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. I knew this game was over as soon as my wife started barking.
1: Now, the Falcons' rookies made some big moves and some big progress this season. Now it's time for the front office to do their thing, and it looks like they are, to get them some veteran help for next
0: season. And last but not least, and for the culture, Fisk University is up. We got another first, y'all. We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go.
1: This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
0: First of all, I want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bet Online, And if you are looking to find us on the big screen, here's what you do. Go to Roku or Amazon Fire, wherever you prefer and look for locked on sports atlanta and that app will pop right up all you got to do and you can catch up on all the episodes right there on your big screen because we know you big balling if you listen to locked on sports atlanta but t 65 to 7 uh we talked about our concerns coming into this game when we talked about mike max duggan is he going to be able to get down there georgia they're gonna have to play a little zone because we know he want to kind of get loose and that's exactly what Kirby Smart did last night. I think this team was probably the most prepared I've ever seen this Georgia Bulldogs team.
1: Yeah, it was truly a game where we didn't need halftime adjustments. We gave
0: nope. Kirby Smart <laughs> didn't he make it that far.
1: a world of credit for the adjustments that they made in the game last week and knowing that they had made adjustments even in big games last year. No adjustments needed. No adjustments needed. I mean, it was such a masterful... If you are truly a football fan right and you were truly a fan of watching how individuals play how units play you had to have been pleased even although it was blowout but you had to have been pleased with seeing an amazing game like come together in all three phases everybody executed i mean it was just if all you can do is point to two things number one the blown coverage by javon bullard but number two we know he got back in got a couple picks and got a couple pick, of them back <laughs> exactly. so if he got a pick that could have been a pick six okay fine all right they didn't shut him out okay what else you got yeah. across <laughs> 60 minutes when you look at a crazy that like 45 plays 45 points that tells you all you need <sighs> to know about whether or not that yeah. was one of the most magnificent game plans ever constructed but we said it Like And I remember asking, hey, Jarvis, I want to say one more thing. I remember saying that yesterday. Kirby Smart does not do the same mistake two weeks in a row. And when I say it that way, meaning you as a player, oh, we're not doing this again next week. And that is exactly what you saw. Like Stetson Bennett, I know we're going to talk about him in detail, but I just wanted to say that as well. Like it came to fruition just as we talked about.
0: Kirby Smart did Kirby Smart things. Absolutely. And when you think about Stetson Bennett, I think that was the perfect segue because – this is the type of game that we talked about, like right before we, we stopped talking about the Georgia Bulldogs on yesterday's episode. Is the fact that if Georgia plays clean, this game is not going to be close. And that's exactly how it played out because, you know, a lot of people, you know, start throwing a 3 3 5. And I just got a chance to watch some pregame because, you know, normally I don't like to dive into that because, you know, I like to have my own opinion about how this game is going to turn out. So I don't watch it. So, but I got a chance to watch the uh, pregame and, uh, yesterday. And Kirk Herbstreit was just so fascinated by yeah. this 335. So, you know, I went to my my uh my my board, my, my mm-hmm. football board, and I that's a, a group of my homeboys, you know, that played ball together in college. We always have mm-hmm. discussions about football. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey man, what is the big deal about this three three five thing? Yeah. Because I just don't see it. I don't mm-hmm. see how this is gonna be effective against Georgia's offense. And the main thing they talked about is how A lot of times those guys are able to move around and it's hard, especially when those guys stack behind each other. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of a difficult thing for, for teams to kind of figure out. But my, 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 my response to that was Mm -hmm. like, Georgia has two tight ends that that love blocking yes. one of them is probably going to be a top 10 pick in the 2024 nfl draft and brock bowers and another one is probably going to make a, a team really really happy in darnell washington in the 2023 nfl yep. draft so i think when you think about it from that standpoint those guys being able to get up on those edges and yep. and get those double-team slips up into those linebackers and not necessarily necessarily have to r- worry about those defensive ends. Mm-hmm. Because in the odd-man front, you have to be an absolute dog in order for mm-hmm. you to be able to get what set that edge in that run game. And we mm-hmm. saw George, TCU was not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that Kenny McIntosh, he benefited greatly, T. <laughs> yeah,
1: really, that and, – and they – it, what I really liked about it was it was an interesting setup because I also like the fact that Kirby Smart and Todd Mungin said, oh, we're not afraid of you. We're going to pass this ball. We're going to right. throw this ball early in office. Yes. And then we'll come back and kill you with our run game, too, because when you land at uh, 44 carries for 254 yards, I mean, you, you, you did your thing on the ground as well. Indeed. And you have uh, two touchdowns in the ground game too. So I looked at that and I was like, you know, that's very interesting because that will be to your point where when you set that three, three, five, that's where you can be exposed because either I'm going to run rough shot over you, like Stetson Bennett did. I mean, there was nobody, there was no fourth player. There was nobody even close to the line who could stop him. I mean, how many times did we see him go for double digit runs? Because by the time somebody was available, I mean somebody in the secondary. (laughs) At that point he was like a running back. He was already on the second level, darn near, you know, in the end zone. So yeah, that was one great thing. And then again, be careful because the three three five is also open and subject to violence from tight ends. And that's exactly what Georgia's tight ends did. I mean, they chose violence. Really, the whole team chose violence the whole game.
0: Absolutely. And and I think that's the thing that we're definitely you have, kind of have to like admire and not necessarily kind of criticize because, you know, a lot of people saying, Oh, you know, they, they played against TCU or, or Stetson Bennett is 35 years old. He's supposed to be out there balling, which is such a weak yeah. argument. Yeah. Please people like Georgia's is just better than a lot. Like it's, like it's I don't even like, yeah, they're just better. They're just better. better. Yeah. And it's okay. Cause a lot of y'all probably were Alabama fans when they was out here running through everybody. So Go ahead and jump on the bandwagon like you normally would do. Go ahead and jump on George's bandwagon and and, and start talking about whether or not they can get this third one T And I think that's the question. Because did Kirby Smart kind of pull a LeBron, not one, not two, not three moment last night? Like, what what are your thoughts on that now? He was really subtle with it. He just (laughs) kind of walked along, waving (laughs) at the crowd, waving (laughs) at
1: the fans, thanking them for coming. All of a sudden, throws up the one. A few seconds later, the two. Gets a little cheeky look on his face and throws up the three. And I said, you know what? I am not mad because yeah. this is the kind of coach that you want. You want the coach that literally will say, yeah, it's awesome that we have now back-to-back titles. And now we're kind of in rare air with Nebraska and Alabama. Woohoo!" Yeah. You know what? He's not satisfied. In fact, he asked the question, which was hilarious. One reporter was asking him about, you know, 14 and one versus, you know, 15 and oh, and so on and so forth. And he was like, why? Just why? Like, yep. I can do, like, why why can't we do three in a row? And why can't we keep, like, aspiring for greatness? And right. why does anybody think that we should have come into the season thinking it was going to be seven and five, which was shocking. I kept trying to think, who thought that? But I, I get it. I get anyway, exactly yeah. what he was saying. His point was more of, they were never concerned about the outside chatter they were always focused on hey we know what that team did last year we know they sent 15 to the nfl and we know that we would like to do something that kind of puts a stamp on it for us they put a stamp on it with quote unquote the best defense ever but they didn't get the undefeated so there was still something out there and boy you know kirby and especially if you heard his pregame speech then you know Kirby knows how to motivate better than just about anybody.
0: <laughs> and that's going to be the thing that he's going to be able to have to do, right, because you're going to lose your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Vegas now is kind of buying that, that sentiment as well because the yeah. dogs are the overall favorite right now. to to win a national championship next year. So we're Mm -hmm. talking about a three-peat. That's the pantheon of college football coaches. And because I I think that's something that, you know, because back-to-back hasn't been done, what, since 2011, 2012 with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I thought Mm -hmm. it was just really interesting that Nick Saban was sitting there having to break down this game because – like, you know, cause this is the dude that essentially knocked him off the throne. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's now Nick Saban watching the throne. You're right. <laughs> like, man, he gotta watch from afar and he had to sit down and analyze his bad boy. Right. I thought that was kind of interesting that but I really like Nick Saban doing television by the way.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> he's awesome. It. And my other thought was, you know, Nick Saban, the wizard. Oh, please, you don't think he was watching that game with an eye for what he will probably want to do? To compete against them, should they, because literally, if you look, especially if you look at uh, Georgia's schedule for next year, it's like a crash course, SEC West, SEC East. I mean, they're like a crash, like a collision waiting to happen. So I was thinking like, yeah, you're probably sitting there trying to come up with schemes already of what you're going to do when you get back into that fight with them. But, you know, it's interesting what you said as well about the three-peat and how rare it is, not just in college football, but three-peat is just rare everywhere. And it kind of brings up the question of dynasty that everybody's been kind of throwing out, like, are they there? Is is this a dynasty or what would make it one? And I thought to myself, I said, you know, first of all, I do believe they're elite. I, I do believe it's Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, and everybody else, because I do believe the last couple of years, Dabo Sweeney, and company at Clemson, they've kind of fallen off the perch, right? Exposure. Exactly. So (laughs) there it is. Those two are really the ones who are at the top of the mountain. So Mm -hmm. if they're at the top of the mountain, then both of them can't win a national title every single year. Now they can both battle in the CFP semifinals. They can battle in the final. They can battle in the sec championship. So for me, I was thinking as long as Georgia gets in that semifinals, I think that they're still and does well, uh, even if they lose or if they lose in the title game, I still feel like they are a dynasty in the making, because I do oh, yeah. think they have all of the elements to do just that, and I definitely think you can call them elite, no question today.
0: Yeah, oh you have to, like you have to, because here's the reason why he's in these championships and these uh, college football uh, semifinals and SEC championships every year, because he wins the offseason, and I'm talking about recruitment. that because that's what it's all about here in the south like if you ain't out there crewing right now uh, you are losing and I think that Kirby Smart might not be there himself but I'm sure some staff member is making phone calls to somebody and trying to figure out how to get this roster ready so they can go for this 3 P. and I think that oh my goodness (laughs) it is going to be very interesting next year when you're talking about guys like Bryce Young leaving the leaving the fray obviously Stetson Ben is going to be leaving so Who's gonna be under center for these two uh uh these uh, these two kings around here? So it's right. gonna be very interesting as we uh, lead up to uh the next season.
1: And that's a couple of things before we wrap up quickly. Son uh Sonny Dykes showed the difference in Big 12 versus SEC because Sonny Dykes made a comment over the weekend, really? Like, how do how do they expect us to do this? Recruiting week and going for a national championship? And my thought was that's sec 101 like this is normal and i said it may have been subtle but that's (laughs) the very thing that separates the sec from everyone else and a friend of mine who's in uh, new jersey you know east coast this is not that big of a deal and he was like so confused like how can they just keep doing this i was like it's reloading i said this is this is college football in the south it's just a reload situation and it just is who's reloading the fastest to go after the chip the next time. We shall see this time in 2024. And I think, you know, the other thing that I just wanted to ask, you know, just because we're always doing a quality control and a wellness check. At one point, that game was 28 to 3. That game ended at 65. (laughs) Just saying. At one point, it was kind of, you know, that, that total, if you kind of broke it down. So now that it ends at sixty five to seven, are you okay? ATL Metro, you good?
0: You should Uh, be. You should be. Yes, because you're talking about three titles in the for the state of Georgia in the past two years. Oh yeah, Braves and Georgia Georgia going back to back. Hey, I'll take it because Lord knows we don't want to be talking about no twenty eight three. At anytime soon yeah it's so <laughs> yes it's dead let's kill that bad boy Kirby smart killed the curse so yeah that's what that's what we come to the conclusion on today's show now the conclusion you need to come to as far as you want to win some money you need to go to betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all the scores lines and everything that you need in order for you to make some money right there at betonline.net you guys come to us each and every day for all your ATL sports needs you can find yeah each and every day. You come to every day to get on this ATL Sports News, what you need to do yeah. for all your sports betting needs. Go to betonline.net because they have podcasts there waiting just for you. And as the college football season rolls, comes to a close, you still got the NFL playoffs. They got everything. NFL playoffs, college basketball, March Madness is going to be rolling around pretty, yeah. here pretty soon. So they have each and everything that you need to go need to to get there because here's the thing here's what i want you to do you know i'm stop playing around with y'all i want y'all to go to bed online today you know or use your mobile device to go there and you know because it is the fastest easy way to get there because it is it is it is truly 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 bed online is where the game starts
1: yeah and it's been it was interesting in the beginning of the season because we come on air and every time we'd say wow Falcons kind of like blew that thing out of the water because every line that was there, if on bet online, of course, like you said, it just it didn't matter. The Falcons just did what they did. I think they blew it up like seven times.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> and
1: speaking of seven, of course, ultimately they end this season seven and ten, just as last year. But a couple of nuanced differences to how it ended last season versus this season. And one of them is according to a report from Field Yates, and that is that on the final day. For the Falcons to be able to take advantage of 2022 cap space, they actually accelerated some of Jake Matthews money, $7 million to be exact. And that would have been 2023 roster bonus money onto this league year, which creates $4.2 million of 2023 cap space as a result. And that's a good thing because of two things. Number one, you see Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith already churning. Their minds are already trying to figure out how to get them even more cap space. And number two, I feel like that also tells us Jarvis that not only are their minds churning, but they're going to be aggressive with how they approach free agency now that they're able to just continue to kind of stack chips for the to go after the guys they, they want and need for for next year's roster.
0: And to like the prime evidence of that, and this is something that has been kind of going in my mind. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, you go seven and ten in your first year and you have a quarterback that's pretty much on his way out and we come to find out that he fell off a cliff so thankfully you were able to trade him get something for get some compensation for him that was viable that you used to end the rebuild and he goes 7-10 in that year and then this year coming into this year you brought in a veteran or quarterback like Marcus Mariota you gave him a, a team friendly deal where you're going to be able to save some money if you cut him before the uh, new league year starts mm-hmm. in 2023 uh, so and and you draft a guy that you fell in love with that down at the Senior Bowl and Desmond Ritter, and you got a chance to get for a four game, a nice four game sample size of what potentially you could be able to do with him uh, in, in in this offense. And I think that mm-hmm. when you got a guy and Jake Matthews, because right. for those who don't know, Jake Matthews is going to be have the highest cap percentage in twenty twenty three. So for them to be able to move some money around to free yeah. up some more bread to go ahead and add to this year. And going to this year, I think, like you said, seven to ten, seven to ten. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to start to get aggressive, like you mentioned, yeah. and start spending some money so you can be a team that can really compete and not just be in games, but really have opportunities to come into games being the yeah. favorite. We talked about exactly. BetOnline.net all year as far mm-hmm. as whether or not the Falcons were favored going to the games. Yep. Now you're talking about adding some pieces that mm-hmm. can in free agency and in the draft is to make this team better right? yeah. and not necessarily say hope and pray that you're able to stay in games and, and get a win at the end. Uh, so I think that that's, those those days are over with, and I think this organization, it, by by this move, it may be a small move, but I think by this move it lets you know that the front office is going to be super aggressive going into this offseason. Yeah, and you have a situation, like you mentioned, with Mariota versus Ritter, and you get to
1: take advantage of taking that 18 18- two-year contract, and essentially cutting it in half. Of course, there's a $5 million bonus, 6.7 mil guaranteed, but hey, you get Desmond Ritter for just 1.5 mil. So winning, once again, in addition to the the quantity of the, the contract, the quality of the play of Ritter. So speaking of him, it's very interesting because I think most of us went back and forth on the quality of play in four games and whether or not that was a big enough sample size, right, to show that Falcons coaching staff what they would need to know in order to determine if they need to go after another quarterback in the draft. Because I think we do agree that, yeah, you can go after a quarterback in free agency, but real talk, you really kind of need to find somebody who is accepting of the number two spot. Because I don't think you really have a free agent agent out there under center that really, A, you can or want to afford, and B, you kind of sort of have a guy who is looking like he's trending up to QB one, but that said, do you feel like confident or do you have more confidence at this point that he is indeed good enough to be QB one or you got to see more?
0: Um, I I feel like he's good enough. I've seen enough for him to come back in 2023 and be QB one, whether that not he's going to be the guy going forward for the next 10 years. I can't answer that question. I, Mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen enough. But I have seen enough to say, you know what, I do like this combination of, of, of young talent that they have and, mm-hmm. and Tyler Algier and Drake yeah. London and Desmond Ritter. I like the mm-hmm. connection that those two guys have, and I yes. like how oh, Tyler Algier is towing that rock behind this offensive line. So, and I think that there is still some room for upgrade on the offensive line as well. We talked True. about 60% True. coming into the season being unknown. Mm-hmm. If they bring back Caleb McGarry, and they're fine with with uh, uh, Drew Dahlman at center. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you could maybe you could spend a little change at that left guard spot or draft. Yeah. Uh, yeah, guy yeah, take yeah. a chance on a guy in that first round that you say, you know what? We don't normally draft guards this high, but, right, but we feel like this guy can be the guy to solid- truly solidify that offensive lineup. front. indeed,
1: yeah, and I agree as well. Like you really have some opportunities to kind of flex and flow, and as you start to do it. This early and often, especially because we know that so many of the top notch O-linemen for this season were locked up late in the season by their respective teams. But yes. like you said, this is still giving you some flexibility to where if you want, if there's an O-lineman out there at uh, left guard, primarily because that's kind of your spot that's kind of up, uh, up in the air, you still have some flexibility to be able to go out there, even in the draft. And yeah. still and still get someone. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love what they're doing, especially because speaking of Tyler Algier, you really have somebody who I mean, we can't talk enough about what he did, even putting an an exclamation point on the season with a 135 yard performance against the Bucs. So I feel like also as we're talking futuristically, right, right, I feel like he really gave us a sneak peek into the future that you're talking about an O-line that's more solidified. You're talking about a little bit more of a solid feel or a comfortable feel under center. You already know in your wide receiver and tight end room you're good. But now to know that your running back by committee has actually gotten stronger, because remember, we call this a running back by committee almost from day one. Yeah. But I believe that hits different now that Tyler Algier has has become what he's become.
0: You have a foundation, right? Because that, that was the difference between 7 and 10 after in Arthur Smith's first season as a coach and mm-hmm. 7 and 10 after, after this season because, like yeah. you mentioned, like Matt Moran going out and you got mm-hmm. old guys that, again, paid a lot of money and Dion Jones and who's going to get rid of who and all that mm-hmm. stuff. You don't have those conversations anymore. Yep. Now it's about who can who you can add to the, the pieces that you already brought in. You got mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts. Who broke the rookie receiving record? You got right. Drake London who broke his rec- rookie receiving record. So in exactly. back-to-back gear so I yeah. think that those are some of the things that that can be foundational pieces going mm-hmm. for. And let's keep it let's keep it funky, cheap labor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you can you can have cheap labor in those foundational pieces, and at the quarterback position. So you followed you're following that Seattle model that mm-hmm. came out a little bit earlier on in the week. As far as what the Falcons are trying to do, you have a third round quarterback and then you just build around him. So yes. if he if he doesn't end up being that guy, you mm-hmm. still have a plug and play type situation.
1: You definitely do. And you also have things looking up on defense. I love something that Dean Pease talked about earlier today. Of course, we know he is officially in retirement, but he's been kind of doing his rounds with his uh we'll call it postseason retirement pressers. So right, we talked yeah. to our guys, John and Hugh, uh, over at 92.9 this morning, and one of the things that he said was he felt like the defense really, really showed what it was about. And if you just look at the sample size of the back nine game, uh, games of the season versus the first eight, you'll see a team that was where they said they wanted to be, which was top 10 in the league. So right. when you start thinking about that and – hugh asked him a question that man i loved the question and i also love the answer because Hugh asked him about players that he thought essentially were putting themselves or the falcons in really good hands next year especially some of those young guys but he called out somebody that we talked about before Rashawn Evans, he said that was a really, really good pickup, and he was pleased with what he saw out of him. Even gave Zoe Carter, Lorenzo Carter some credit, but really kind of focused on Rashawn in terms of veteran gets. He also said that he really, really liked the play, called out Richie Grant, said he had a good season, called out uh, Arnold of a and yeah. said he had a good season, and even a Troy Anderson, who the more reps he gets at linebacker for somebody who played quarterback in some other positions, the yeah. better he's getting. So I think that's the other piece for us as well when you look at the quarterback of the defense, Grady Jarrett, and what he said in that last game, and now what Dean Pisa said days later, I think the defense is also building a foundation yeah. that where, like you like we say, if they can just get some pieces, then they will be good to go. So if you want to talk about pieces and a team that already has all the pieces, I mean, you heard us talk about them earlier. That's Georgia. You know where else you can find out about those big pieces and what we call it the World Championship, even though they say college football, but that World Championship in college football, you can go to Locked On Sports Today because they talk about all the big stories, not just what's going on in the NFL, which has kind of been quiet the last 24 hours. You haven't heard a lot about any other coaches getting their walking papers, but you know where all the buzz is? About them dogs. So if you want to hear more about that, check out Locked On Sports Today. You know where they are on YouTube. They are on the Odyssey app. And of course, everywhere that you download this podcast, that is where you should check them out. And of course, you love forward the culture, don't you? Well, check out your, their take of the day. That is where they talk about all things that they want to talk about just because. Again, that's Locked On Sports Today. Don't forget to check them out as soon as you wrap up checking out ATL Day Ones.
0: Locked On Sports Atlanta family, listen up. There's a reason why I'm talking like this. I need you to go to ATLDayOnes at gmail.com and write a message reach out give us a shout out we'll give you a shout out if you reach out to us because you know ask robert ask dc all those people that have been sending us emails and everything i've been responding we've been chopping it up so if you want to get in contact directly with us you know it's us it's exactly us atl day ones at gmail.com and don't forget to make sure you leave us a five star review five star review excuse me wherever you download your podcast really appreciate that from you in advance but t This is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. That's how we get down on this show. Today Mm -hmm. is no different. How about this, T? Fisk University, after only having a gymnastic program for 14 months, they became the first HBCU gymnastic team to compete at the NCAA level. And I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Because when you sent me this, this this link to this article, I was just like, man, I literally came across a hype video on uh, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, don't ask me how a, a 40-year-old man found a TikTok video. You know, you know, mind your business. But yeah, I think it, it was so cool to see, though, you know, see those young ladies out there competing and doing yeah. their thing and just just swagging that bad boy up. I just absolutely love it, to you.
1: Oh, yeah, it's exciting. And anytime you see programs that are evolving, athletic programs like when Steph Curry supported the Howard University golf team and brought that team back after it had been basically in for forever, for decades. Right. That was yes. so cool. And now looking at this, I'm like, boy, somebody's gonna step up. I wouldn't even be surprised if you know one of our, our greats steps up, right? And just mm-hmm. says, hey, I'm gonna write a little check or I'm going to support them, whether that's a S- Simone Biles or um, a Gabby Douglas. You just never know who might support them, or even a Dominique Dawes from back in the day, because what they're doing really is historic. Yeah, let me some Dominique Dawes. Oh, Oh, yeah, she was absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And she was a good athlete as well. Excuse me. She was
1: absolutely amazing. Yes, he was. So, yes, and, and has been a great advocate for gymnastics and has also been a great advocate for African-American females in gymnastics. So I'm, I'm sure this probably warms her heart, but yeah, more importantly, just to put that product out and you guys, if you guys get a chance to check it out, the product is great. The product yeah. is great. These girls are absolutely amazing. One of the vaults I saw last night, for example, was a 9.9. 9. I mean, you can't get better, that that's, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah.
0: So right. yeah, exactly. I love the
1: product that they're putting out there. Keep evolving our HBCU programs because hey, this is your time to shine, so shine.
0: Absolutely, and shout out to Kareem Tarber for having the vision, saying, hey, she, when she was making those phone calls to recruiting those, those young ladies to that school, she was like, hey, she simply asked, do you want to make history? And that's yes. exactly what they did. Speak and that, that bad is boy the question, to the existence.
1: That's the question <laughs> that our cheerleading coach asked as well. Came in and said, do you, what do you guys want to do? And literally, we beat out everybody in the country. We won we are the national cheer champions at Xavier. And when you have that kind of vision and when you go on that kind of mission, I mean we recruit like the same way that a coach recruits for football, our cheer coach was here in December. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like you, Yeah, like that that's truly Love a sport. It. Trust and believe Absolutely. it. Is, you know, definitely can tell you it's a sport. The other thing I want to wrap up with this is on a positive note. You know, I tweeted this out. Last night, and it came to me again today, and I was like, you know what, some people will say, hey, quit, you're not good at that, or some people will say, hey, don't do that, or some people will say, you ain't it. If you ever hear those words again, just see Stetson Bennett. Really, just see Stetson Bennett because he is the epitome. I'm sure there's a picture of him in some online dictionary of what perseverance looks like. And to me, that's the storyline, whether you think it's corny or not, whether you think it is overplayed or not, or whether you're t- tired of hearing it, you can never hear it enough because there's some kid out there who's been watching the evolution of Stetson Bennett and the, the no quit in that kid. And even with you know, haters still saying, like this morning on our show, our morning show at 92.9, saying, hey, he was 25 and Chris Winkie was 26.
0: Okay? Right, that exactly.
1: Come on. I mean, what is it? The, yeah. the point is, and you have so many players during this stretch of COVID who are getting five and six and seven year opportunities to play. And why not? I mean, why not? And what does 25 have to do with the heart and soul? Because you still have to go out there and execute. Make so the whether place. you're 18, 19, or 25, <laughs> you still have to go out there and execute execute, execute. So shout out to Stetson Bennett for what he did, not just for Georgia, not just for, you know, college football, but what he low key is doing for all of those kids who are watching and saying, oh, wow, somebody just told me I couldn't. Let me pick up my basketball, my baseball, or get back on my boat in the the gym for my gymnastics. Do your thing. Keep pushing people. Keep it pushing
0: absolutely i think it says a lot about a person when uh, somebody that's much older than you tells you you can't do something and you say you know what i ain't feeling what you're talking about that is that shows true perseverance and just uh, having the resolve to keep going because you know and you believe in yourself that is some powerful stuff people we are going to see a movie about that really soon i would not be surprised at all shout out to stetson bennett Oh, man. All I got to say is as we get ready to leave up out this bad boy, them dogs, y'all make sure y'all come back now, you hear?
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.